Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you ever need to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. You can now sign up to be a member of The Great Indoors Insiders. To support the podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, get bonus content, as well as first dibs on ticketed events. Just visit thegreatindoorspodcast.com. That's thegreatindoorspodcast.com. So today we are talking to Head of Home at Pinterest, Matt Siberi, about all things trends on Pinterest. Is Grey finally dead? Are kitchen islands passé? And are we still bringing the outside in? Or are we now taking the inside out? I am struggling a bit to keep up with all of this. But before we get into that, a little update on our very exciting trip to Italy. I'm very excited to announce that tickets to our trip to Italy in October are now live. You heard us right. We are taking the great indoors on holiday and we want you to come with us. We've planned the ultimate five-day trip, including two days in Milan, the capital of Italian design, with a very special Fornasetti trip, before a trip out to the gorgeous Lake Como, and then two nights in Venice, with the obligatory gondola ride and a trip to glass-blowing factory on the island of Murano. Oh, swoon! There are just a few places left available, so don't delay if you want to join us. Let's eat pasta, drink Camparis, and marvel at the architecture. If you fancy coming with us on this design trip of a lifetime, we've put the link in the show notes. Now, for today's interview. Matt Siberi has been head of home at Pinterest for the last two years. His expertise lies in analysing consumer behaviour with a view to advising retailers on their marketing strategy. At Pinterest, Matt works directly with the major home retailers and creators to identify industry trends in order to understand consumer behaviour. Now, that sounds all very tech, but Matt is also passionate about interiors and says that comes from his grandmother, who he describes as a true trendsetter, furniture collector, as well as antique store owner, and his father, an avid collector of furniture 
and design objects and an actor who appears in Severance for anybody who's watching it, which I'm very excited about. Okay, you couldn't keep that to yourself. I can't keep that to myself. It's very exciting. She's fangirling, fangirling already. Yeah, the script says, the script says we're going to ask Matt about his grandmother. I clearly want to talk about his father, but we'll come to that later. <laughs> I will say, first of all, Kate, so thank you so much for, for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to come on and speak to you guys and, and, and the uh, and the community. It's it's very exciting. Oh, welcome, Matt. I mean, uh, your intro is very impressive, all those market insights and research, but really, I suppose the majority of us and our listeners, we're here, we're here for the pin boards, aren't we? I mean, we are all addicted to Pinterest and it's such a valuable tool for all of us to help us put our looks together, to help us research the products that we want to use, get inspiration for colour schemes and styles and design. But then obviously it's got this other this other bit, which we're going to be mining you about today, which is all about the trends. Are you, are you a Pinterest user, Matt? Do you... Uh, use it to pin your favorite interiors yes no i am i am a big user i use it for a lot of interiors inspiration i i have boards on lighting i have currently i have a board on it's called tiles and worktops but actually what i've been taking pictures of is worktops and tiles in coffee shops don't know why it's coffee shops but every time i go to all these different coffee shops around london everyone has really interesting worktops all different different kinds of marble and stone and then beautiful tiles. And so I've kind of been taking a lot of pictures of that and saving it to boards for kind of future inspiration. And I think the other side of it is I, I travel a lot and I love it. And when I travel, I really try and take in as much of the kind of design, architecture, art scene of all different places. Mexico was recent. Oh, I'd love to go to Mexico. It is stunning. The use of colour is is intoxicating and we all need to put more colour everywhere. Yes, we do! Oh, just leave this podcast while you and Sophie just chitty-chatty Oh, me and Matt, we're off to Mexico, Kate. I mean, I'm there already. I'm just going to slide back into my monochrome background. It's all fine. I want to ask, because I remember very clearly, and I don't know if you do, Sophie, It's one of those moments for me, which I remember very clearly, my first moment on Pinterest. I don't know if you remember yours or if... Yeah, I remember And it's really strange because I do not remember my first moment on Instagram. But I remember uh, in the last house and when we first moved in, there was no Pinterest, there was no Instagram and Pinterest came in. When when was it? Let's date check it. When did Pinterest arrive? So it was actually in 2010. One of the founders or both founders are just wonderfully, wonderfully passionate about it. They used to travel and, and, and meet all these people and understand how they're using it and, and very much let users kind of shape it and, and, and kind of build this inspiration platform. I mean, it seems extraordinary now because we've all got so used to it, to Instagram and this idea of using photographs. But as I say, I remember very clearly. So as you say, it was 2010. So we'd moved into the house and we're renovating it. I think we'd just finished the renovation. And I remember sitting on a Saturday morning at the kitchen table and thinking, well, I'll just have a look at this Pinterest thing that people are talking about. And honestly, I did uh, three and a half hours later, I was like, <laughs> I've lost the whole of my Saturday morning. And I will never forget it. I mean, and, and it did have that kind of right at the beginning because we had Twitter. I was on Twitter and I'm pretty sure I would have learned about Pinterest from people talking about it on Twitter. But of course, even going back to Twitter, 
in those early days, there weren't really pictures on it, I don't think, you know, and it was very much the 140 characters. So there would have been some very dry conversation about there's a thing called Pinterest, have a look at this. And I remember just diving into it and going, oh my God, look at that kitchen, look at that cafe, look at that garden. I couldn't stick it all on a board. I mean, it was so exciting and I really remember it. One of the most brilliant things about Pinterest and and this has stayed true through, I think, our whole entire journey has been very much what we are, is that we are so different to other platforms. And, and it almost sounds cliche to say, but as a, as a what we often kind of describe ourselves as a visual search engine or discovery engine, the intention that people have on the platform is so different. You've just moved into a house that like you have the intention to do something in your house. And so that's why you're on Pinterest. You're taking in all this inspiration and what these wonderful things that people are doing and and I would hope what you eventually do is then get into planning that and that's really what this tool is and why it sits so differently from kind of that kind of competitive landscape in social media. I think it's a really key point that isn't it because certainly at the beginning people assumed that Pinterest was like Instagram and it was about having followers and actually it's not is it? I mean there is an element of having followers allows your boards to be seen by more people and I'd like to maybe get into that about how people can use it for businesses but but in the first instance as you say it it's a fabulous search engine. Mm. Yeah there's another really brilliant way that I like to kind of talk about Pinterest and, and one is if we if we look at let's say we look at our friends uh, uh, Meta for example when you see content on there that's very much like I went to a party right that's that's the we're, we're talking in the past tense on those platforms in Instagram and things like that I went to a party I went on holiday I did those things and then we look at things like Snapchat and Twitter and that's very much I am at the party exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly right I'm at the party I'm in Mexico I'm in these places and then you get to Pinterest and it sits very uniquely there in that I'm planning a party oh. I'm planning on going to Mexico mm. I'm planning on doing my kitchen my bathroom my garden whatever it may be and so when we think about social media it's in terms of on Pinterest it's not me in the eyes of others it's it's personal media like right it. and and that's that's the really important thing when we talk about boards and, and we'll talk a bit more about how sort of businesses can use that but as an individual and and, and if you're listening to this and and you, you've got a project you're starting to think about when you create a board on Pinterest in in terms of kind of saving different images onto a board that board could be called my dream garden, my dream living room, whatever it may be. Or tiles and worktops. I mean, we all want one, or, of, those, we all want one of those boards now, right? Or tiles or and worktops. Matt and Sophie's upcoming trip to Mexico. Share, yeah. <laughs> share the board. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll add you to mine. I'll add you to mine. Um, but but, but I, I think the opportunity in that is that you don't have to share that board with anyone. You don't have to make that public. You don't have to... It's, it's not about everyone seeing that board and everyone seeing that you have great taste or bad taste in furniture or whatever it is it's it's yours and that's what pinterest is this is it's like we, we talk about digital diets so much in our industry right and we all every single one of us gets sucked into instagram or tiktok and we'll, and we'll scroll through things looking to be entertained and stuff like that i do it just as much as the next person and i and i and i like that right sometimes i enjoy the the great comedians that you find and all these funny skits and whatever else when that becomes too much which i also think for so many people it does and and that's a real issue and a challenge that our industry faces and and that we have to do more to to kind of help with that especially with young young teens and kids growing up in this world and kind of seeing what social media shows them 
actually, most people, when they take, when they go on a social media diet, as in they strip out all of that, most people keep Pinterest on. Because again, it's not, it, it's, you're not viewing what other people are doing necessarily. You're just taking inspiration and you're building it yourself, right? And people build boards on everything. So obviously I've talked about tiles and worktops and gardens and whatever else. I've got boards on Pedenkos, which uh, is my dog. Uh, so, <laughs> so if you don't know what a Pedenko is, it's like a Spanish hound. So I've got, I've just got pictures of my, my dog and other Spanish hounds. Uh, there's a board I found called Tom Hardy and Dogs. Ooh. Oh, you can share that yeah. one with me. So, <laughs> so that's, that's a kind of good one. And then you've, then you've got really sweet things where, where, where people are, have, have saved things like notes to my daughter. Oh, wow. There aren't many places where you can create all these images, these aesthetics that, that really speak to you in, in either a project or just your life. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because you're, we've all actually gone a bit quiet as we talk about it. And that's what I think you're saying about Pinterest is it can be a quieter place because there's not that pressure for likes. It's not performative. You know, you sort of what, perhaps feel that if you were writing notes to your daughter on Instagram, it would be so other people could see the notes and read the notes to your daughter as well. Whereas on Pinterest, of course, you you might have it as a public board, but it's not it's not about that. It's a it's a different feeling. So yes, it's it's not social media. It's a quiet place where you can have all the inspiration and share it or not share it. I think it's really interesting you talk about images and the power of images because we work in a really visual space, interior design. And I've got an online design school where I try and help teach people how to put schemes together and one of my most popular webinars is my vision board webinar where I help people put vision boards together for all sorts of things in their lives and I always sort of maintain that images are so much more powerful than words steady so you could write down <laughs> <laughs> this is where Kate and I might differ a little bit but I think you can write down how you want the room to feel or function or who's using it and this is all very useful part of the design process we call it writing your brief and taking notes but I think when you then start looking for images um, of how you want a space to look or feel and it's not just about copying oh I want a palm spring style oh I want an art deco style it's not that it's um, images do talk to you right they make you feel something and I think that's why Pinterest from the design process point of view is such a powerful tool because it gives you access to feels like infinite amount of images so you can really hone down what it is that how you want your home or your interior to look and feel. Oh, are we still allowed to use Pinterest in, I'm going to call it a slightly analogue way? When it started, it was just, here's a picture, I like it, I'm pinning it on a board, job done. And it was sort of beautifully simple and, and meditative almost. And then over the years, I've seen things about ideas, pins and videos, and you've got to write captions on the top of your pictures. Has it got more complicated? No, it hasn't, I would say. I would say, right? So first of all, and, and I think actually one thing, uh, and almost to help people understand as well, like how it, how almost Pinterest was built, it, it was originally built as a tool to capture images that you found on, on the internet and put them on the app to, to curate. So the images weren't already on there. It was very much kind of built that way. Now, in terms of kind of use, we've had a huge amount of innovation on it, but that doesn't change the core of what Pinterest is, which ultimately is this kind of inspiration platform. Now, for users or or, or listeners who haven't used Pinterest, your approach has to be as as simple as possible, which is just what are you interested in? What project are you starting? That is the other thing is that we don't want 
people on the app all the time, right? That, that actually is not the right way of using Pinterest because ultimately what we want you to do is to, is to realize and plan your goals and your objectives and your dreams and whatever else and then go do them. That's really, really important to us, which is why actually on Pinterest, everyone who uses it has such high intention to do something. Now, I would, I would suggest what you do is you think about what that project is. I'm, I'm going to do my kitchen this summer. Okay, great. Well, let's, let's start looking at kitchen on Pinterest, right? Let's see what it is. What kind of colors do you like? Blue kitchens, green kitchens, tiles. And all you do is essentially as you get to an image, you just click on it and you can say save to board. And then you add it to a new board called Dream Kitchen, whatever it is. And that's all you do. The other thing you can do, which I do think is, is fascinating and actually very uh, quite brilliant tool, is there are so many images of beautiful room sets that we see all the time. And there might just be something in there like a lamp that you go, I really wish I knew what that lamp was. I, w- I want to buy that lamp. I like I need that. I, I, the room set's great, but I want that lamp. Now, if you go on Pinterest and you go onto that image and you zoom in, so just with your two fingers, you kind of spread them out and you zoom in on the lamp, it will automatically search that image for lamps that you can then buy. And it will come up in the bottom and you can scroll up and buy that lamp. That's witchcraft. It's really interesting, though, because when I when Pinterest started, one of the things I did when I just started the blog in 2012 was I had a sort of little mini consultancy going. So you've pinned your boards, you've seen everything, you've built your dream room, but you don't know where to buy it and Pinterest won't tell you. And I had a little business going, so you, you've taken that from me. But that was <laughs> yeah. it's really interesting that <laughs> the tech has now caught up with that because that was a thing to start with, was that you, you, know, you loved those things and you didn't know where to buy them unless the person who'd pinned it told you. So that sort of brings us into a little bit about how... How can businesses use it? Because there has been a whole load of sort of chat, quite angry chat, I think, around Instagram and the other social media platforms about how they've built these businesses. But now they're so big, no one can see anything and and people are not managing to reach their potential customers and clients because there's too much on there. So Pinterest perhaps is a more targeted way. So is, is this the new way for small businesses? You've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Kate, in, in kind of how things have changed. Pinterest, as much as it is an inspiration platform, it's becoming a shopping platform just the same way. Because exactly that, like we, we, we hear so many of these kind of early users of, of Pinterest and, and even kind of recently, you kind of go through and you find something and you go, that's amazing, I want to buy that. Because I have such, like I'm in that mode of doing that. I'm planning a room. I want to buy those things, but then I want like I haven't been able to. The great thing about that for brands is that when brands advertise on other channels, mediums, whatever else, it does rely quite heavily for that person to be in the mindset to receive that business's ad, product, whatever it is. What we have on Pinterest, and, and it's and I, I kind of term it is the the active market. So there may be a large market of people in the UK who are interested in kitchens. I'm using kitchens. I don't know why. That's just kitchens. He's doing his kitchen. It's very apt. We're we're and we're doing our <laughs> kitchens. So we're all okay, here brilliant. for kitchens. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So there might be this many people kind of in the UK who are looking at kitchens, but the active market, the market that is right now going to buy a kitchen in the next six to eight months are on Pinterest. And that's because on Pinterest, they are really thinking about what they want and how it shows up and, and they're planning it, as we've talked about. And so actually, 
They want, they want the B&Qs, the Wicks, the Howdens. They want them to show up. When you see an ad, it's part of the journey. It's, it's, it's another pin in there, right? It's another image to entice you and, and, and to kind of inspire you. But when brands show up very clearly, they're there to help. And this is, this is the biggest advice that I give to any, any business or brand who is, who is looking to activate on Pinterest and, and capture this active market is, is make sure you're turning up to help someone. Like show your prices in the ad, right? Show inspiring imagery, but make sure it's it's obvious how to buy from you, right? If you can, and and Kate, you talked about this a little bit. We have idea pins, is what we've termed them, which are full screen videos. It's an opportunity for brands to tell longer stories. That's how businesses can really cap, kind of capitalize on as i said i turned this kind of active market and that's that's home fashion beauty whatever it is a, a nice analogy i like to use for people who are on pinterest we all have those friends who are just always immaculately dressed they always are wearing just the most amazing things you go into their homes and you're like wow this is like something out of a catalog this is incredible they're doers and doers plan it doesn't it wasn't an accident that they suddenly dressed that way or their home looks that way. Taste isn't always something that just comes to you. It comes from experience. It comes from digesting content. Those planners, those people who will really build this out, this life out, these beautiful homes, dresses, whatever it is, are on Pinterest planning that. And that's, that's really key. So if you have those people in your life, I promise you at some point they've probably been on Pinterest and planned it. <laughs> I love that. And I suppose that brings us into the next big thing that we want to talk to you about is what are those people looking at, Matt? What are the, mm. what are the planners pinning? Uh, because you obviously also have this fantastic ability to understand what it is that the tastemakers and the planners that you you rightly talk about, what it is that they're, they're looking at, which the rest of us are, are more than likely going to end up following along with. And Kate and I do talk a lot about trends and we're both quite grumpy anti-trend people, aren't we? But we're quite <laughs> pro-Pinterest trends because this is part of the people right here, isn't it? What are the people pinning? It, it, that, that is exactly that. I have, because I love a stat, as you know. Got some of these stats, which I think your people very kindly sent over in advance of this. And so just to continue the theme, the Pinterest UK data over the last month, small kitchens up by 220%. So and and that's why I think Pinterest is so fascinating, because it's not someone telling us that small kitchens are going to be a thing or how to decorate them in the future. It's this is an, an issue people are grappling with right now and they want to know the answers. And that's that's why Pinterest is so fascinating, because it, it it's a trend in a kind of real sense of of what's going on, isn't it? Rather than a, a sort of flimmy, flammy, forecasty thing. Technical term. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very, yeah. very well pronounced. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the key thing to understand when we talk about trends, and especially why they're so unique on Pinterest, is how people use Pinterest, which I've talked about quite a lot now, but they're planners, right? And when we look at how people search, so if we look at how people are searching for small bathroom, bathroom ideas or kitchen ideas, whatever it is, you're exactly right. They are searching for very real issues and solutions to those issues. And in most cases, they're on that kind of quite early part of that journey to building that small kitchen, bathroom, whatever it is. And so what we're able to see is the searches that we can kind of begin spiking now is actually probably what we're going to see in homes 
over the next six months, which I think is really, really powerful. So when we look at predictive trends, we look at data over a significantly long period of time. And we also use third parties to check this. So this isn't just us marking our own homework. And we, we produce this report, which are our big predictions for the year. Now, those, those predictions, we we've confidently can say 8 out of 10 of those predictions come true. And you might be going, only 8 out of 10. But there is, that's actually quite a significant stat. There's a, there's a brilliant psychologist called Philip Tetlock who did a study where he, he essentially asked forecasters over a 20-year period to forecast, uh, and experts in these fields, on various things. Will, will this happen from a political standpoint? Will this happen in... I don't know, technology, whatever else it is. The crux of this essentially came that the expert or not, it's kind of 50-50 that you're going to get it right, which ultimately, based on, on you can get it right or you can get it wrong, means nothing, which means forecasting is really, really difficult to do. So if you can find any platform, be it Pinterest or somewhere else, that can, through data, science and various third parties to, to uh, verify this, can show you that actually you can prove that actually these trends and these forecasts are more likely to come true rather than a 50-50% chance they'll come true and they won't is really, really powerful. And it's not something to be sniffed at. So then we see within that then these kind of broad trends. And one of the ones which is going up is very much small spaces. And, and people, searches for small things are up massively. So small back gardens up 400%. Uh, small kitchens, 220%. Um, small outdoor kitchens, 500%. So we, you get a real sense, you know, that, that those things are up. Do you got any idea, Matt, why people are asking about small spaces? And this is why I love to talk about the active market, because obviously we're all feeling the pressure of, of kind of the macroeconomic climate. The housing market is still doing what the housing market is doing, but at a much reduced rate. And some people maybe are choosing not to move and instead still making the most of their houses. Now, some people would tell you, well, actually, I think spend might come away from, from interiors and whatever else, but actually I don't think that's true. I think what people are doing, and what at least what we see from the evidence on Pinterest, is that people are just looking for solutions to difficult problems. So rather than going, I'm going to knock down a wall and build a huge kitchen, it's, I have a, I have a small kitchen, and I like, how do I turn this into to an amazing place? Because... The other side of this is that we're still inside of our homes, right? We're still working from home. That's become very much a norm. And so we're still thinking about how we turn our homes into sanctuaries. A lot of us do live in small spaces. I live in a very small flat in London, and it is still going, what are, what are the options and, and what can I do with this small space to make this really, really impactful and make me feel the way that I want to feel in certain rooms? This is not data we asked you for, so you may not know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, uh, relating to what you were saying about, you know, people are still interested in their homes, but they've now pivoted their search to making good or small homes. Do you know off the top of your head whether searches for interiors versus cookery or holidays are still up and holding their own? Because I think we had a bit of a sense towards the end of the lockdowns, 21, 22, that everybody had been massively interested in interiors. And then as soon as the lockdowns lifted, they were like, oh, my God, I've decorated my house. I don't care. I want to go on holiday. I'm only looking at holiday inspiration. And I wonder, actually, whether you know if if the interiors is still holding its own. Are we still interested? Is that something that's, that's stayed with us? Yeah, so I, I think... 
It's definitely something that, that, as with anything that came out of of those periods of lockdown, that our behaviours changed and, and things changed. But actually, interiors still holds very, very true on Pinterest, as do a lot of categories. Again, it's that idea of this kind of active market. These are the people who are doing it. They're not people who are just thinking about it. Because I think that's that's one thing I think we did see through lockdown is a lot of people started to search things that they were thinking about, dreaming of, whatever else. Did those things kind of come to fruition? Maybe not. But actually out of lockdown, we have, we have more capability to bring those things to life. So actually if we've had, we've had dreams of decorating a, a living room or whatever, and we didn't, people are really doing it now on, on Pinterest. So it's, I don't think it's something that we've seen change massively. Obviously, there has been changes with, with everything, but it's still very, very, very relevant on, on Pinterest. Something you mentioned there as well on travel. Travel is exploding on Pinterest. Really, really, like there, there's a real bug for it. So as much as we're looking in our own homes, we're also looking to, to get out of them. <laughs> so as well as small spaces, Matt, there's another trend which we've started talking about. And I, I'm wondering if this is reflected on Pinterest, is this notion that we're a bit over open plan living. And I don't know whether that also is a knock on from the lockdown where we were all in our homes and, oh, God, we needed some walls. I mean, are they still pinning open plan kitchen, dining, living room? Or are you seeing a, a gentle shift towards people looking at different solutions yeah, we, we, we are still seeing open plan living room and, and dining room come, kind of up. Like a couple of stats that here around kind of open plan kitchen dining layouts is up about 30% at the moment. Like modern open plan kitchen living rooms up 135%. So it is it is something that we're still looking at. Interestingly, though, and, and, and so you, you kind of mentioned it there, there are very much two markets on Pinterest when it comes to interiors. You've got the market that the UK public are just looking to try and improve their spaces and things like that. And then there is also the luxury interiors market, which, as, as, as you guys probably know, is absolutely thriving. Luxury is still thriving. Things like critical doors actually are really rather kind of a, quite a big trend at the moment. I've even looked at them and they are very expensive. <laughs> that's, that's it. If you, if you go on Instagram, there's 47 hacks on how to make a window look like a critical window when it isn't. So. <laughs> uh, so, but, but, but the one thing actually we are seeing a little bit more of are people using dividers. I think one thing that came up quite recently was uh, bamboo dividers that you can roll out around office spaces because a lot of people have put computers and desk chairs and things like that in their living rooms or their bedrooms or whatever else and actually being kind of creative and buying something that is actually quite nice and tasteful that can kind of corner off a room or a section has become quite popular so so there is so is dividing i think is coming but i think that's also more about keeping work and home life separate and actually the other thing i will talk to on this is that i don't think we'll see too much of the open plan living concept leave just yet because what we are seeing again because of some of the economic pressures a lot of people are are kind of feeling is that at home hosting is really big right now people aren't going out to eat with with friends they're bringing them in and you need spaces to do that having large family gatherings really kind of came back over the last year and that hasn't gone yet people aren't sick of their families just yet oh lovely i love that so entertaining at home and then that spills out into the garden as well there was a big flurry of garden makeovers and garden design i suppose again 
um, because we weren't allowed to move around public spaces so easily. If you were lucky enough to have a garden, they became really important too. So this idea of open plan within the home and then spilling out into some entertaining space outside too, right? You seeing that as well? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really in a, in a very big way. So, so actually talking about work, Garden offices and outdoor offices are, are up in a big way, around kind of 20, 20% growth for garden offices and 75% up for outdoor offices. So that that is getting quite big. I also think that what we do see in, in many organisations where people are working from home more and that's become very much an accepted way of, of life, um, which I think is really, really positive. I think people are looking to work outdoors. If you've got a little bit of space outside and you want to sit in the sun and you've got good internet and and you've got colleagues that don't mind you being outside, that's quite big. And so actually garden furniture is big. Well, like outside, outside. So you're not talking about like being in a garden office. No, I'm talking about outside, outside. Sitting at the garden table. That's so inspiring. That's brilliant. I'm looking here, one of your um, data points here, backyard living up 3,500%. (laughs) Is that even possible? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that, that I think is very seasonal, for sure. Yeah, well, it is in this country, I have to to say. I mean, obviously, different (laughs) different strokes for different folks, and we do have listeners from all around the world. But here in the UK, backyard living, that'll only be getting pinned at a certain time of year, I would suggest. (laughs) It's interesting on the colours, because there's one that keeps coming up. Oh, let's talk about colours. I love talking about colours. Do you? Um, Well, the one that, I'm surprised, the one that surprises (laughs) me again and again is this sage green. Now, this is not not a colour, personally, that I love. But I'm just looking here. Sage green kitchen, 45% up. Sage green bathroom decor, 135% up. Sage green living room, 80% up. Where I'm not seeing sage green anywhere, and yet they're mad for it on Pinterest. Yeah, it's very, it's it's funny. Sage green is consistently high is it the new grey <gasps> i i maybe i'm not the authority to say that let's make that statement but it's but it's it's up there and i actually wrote uh, an article for, for ideal home actually about this quite recently and i work with a lot of big paint advertisers the general public i i, I would say like we are sometimes we're quite scared to take big mm. risks with color and and interestingly what we see like pins that do really well or, or even ads or, or whatever else that do really well. Bright colours. People love them. Burnt orange is a big is a big Pinterest predicts trend for weddings this year. Ooh. So lots of lots of burnt orange weddings coming. Is that the flowers? Clothes as well, yeah. Whole colour schemes. And and that that has also kind of permeated into into the interiors uh, world. And I think those kinds of images get lots of engagement, but when when it's when it's a paint brand, for example, so so Farron Ball recently released some beautiful, beautiful new colours. One of those actually is kind of a, a burnt orangish colour. It's called bamboozle. Yeah, I actually love it. But it's interesting. I think what you see is that people really engage with something like that. But when it comes to putting paint on walls, it's kind of scary. So whites, creams, dark greens, and dark blues. They are they are some of the most common things that go oh, on walls. You didn't say you didn't say the G word, so no grey. Not that much grey, interestingly. <laughs> what, what we are seeing, and this kind of may lead on to a conversation around minimalist and maximalist and and all that sort of stuff. But so if I step back a little bit to last year's Pinterest predicts trends, one of the one of the biggest trends that has taken off and is still a huge huge influence in kind of. The, the, just in the general UK public is what we termed dopamine dressing. 
Okay, so it's a fashion trend. This is about dressing bright, dressing bold, being confident, all those sorts of things. And what we found, a client I work with, one of the home advertiser, said to me, actually, that they tend to see that fashion trends take about a year before they become interiors trends. And I thought that was very interesting. So let's, t- so let's actually use the data and test that. Dopamine decor is one of the highest growing decor trends on Pinterest right now. So people are really kind of coming in with more color. That kind of opportunity to express yourself in a personal way and whatever else is now in our homes. So, so although that's the bigger trend in terms of what's on our walls and what we're buying and things like that, gray accents are still actually very big. So things like gray cushions, maybe a gray sofa, gray throws, things like that are up and they're big on Pinterest. That's really interesting because I'm looking at the stats and I was just looking at the sort of overall grey stats that that you sent to us and grey walls, grey walls is down by 55%. The grey aesthetic is down by 40%. But as you say, grey cushions up 55%. Styling a grey sofa up 90%. Although I wonder if that is people bought a grey sofa several years ago and they want to kind of dopamine it up a bit so they need some styling ideas but you're absolutely right so the idea of the sort of grey walls grey room falling off but we're bringing in those grey accents and that's up it's so interesting isn't it you could get really granular deep down into this I love it this is all music to my ears though and I think it's really interesting that dopamine decor is on the app 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 and again Matt uh, a lot of musing has been going on around why this is and thoughts around lockdown, being stuck at home, staring at the taupe, the grey, the minimalist interior going, this isn't really sparking joy. This isn't really giving me a much needed mood boost, feeling a bit, you know, down in the dumps or whatever. And people moving to colour and embracing colour as a way of uplifting themselves emotionally. And I suppose you express that with what you wear, but it's also how a home makes you f- you personally feel because you're the person in that. I suppose what you wear to go out in the world is asking people to perceive you in a certain way, whereas our interior spaces are a lot more personal. And, you know, that's why I've always thought it's like, you know, I, I get for certain people, grey is very calming, very soothing. I understand that for a certain type of person, that monochrome palette does the job but it's not for everybody is it it's certainly not for me so I suppose Pinterest is again a tool that can help people get in touch with well what is that you know is it the burnt orange or is it something else yeah I I, I think again Pinterest is a great tool for understanding almost aesthetics as well so it's so it's kind of going how do I express how I want to feel in a room so a, a big trend from last year that has definitely carried on through this year and I think will carry on for a while is all about emotional escape rooms. So that's that's kind of how we've turned that. And, and what that really is about is kind of understanding our desire to feel certain ways in different rooms, in our living room, in, in our kitchen, in our bathroom, or if we're, if we're lucky enough to have a room we can dedicate to a way we are feeling, then people are really doing that. And that, and that, that came across in lots of things like... <laughs> like crystal rooms. Oh, that's quite niche. Which is very niche. But but there's lots of things like that. And I I think that the one thing that I personally love on this idea is that I actually quite like a rainy day. And I quite like to be in a a dark room for that and a bit of peace. And actually, that's that's when a a grey or a dark blue or things like that actually really kind of comes to life in those moments. And so for me, 
that would be my emotional escape room, would be a dark colour and some rain. I really like being cosy on a rainy day. And it's interesting as well, because I've sort of said this about, you know, Pinterest is big. There's no getting away from the fact it's massive. There's a lot to see. And and that's where it's really key is to understand how to use it. And as you say, you might think you love burnt orange or sage green for a room but so you can pin a whole load of rooms like that and you can look at them but you have to I think analyze how you're looking at them and you have to divorce yourself from this is a very beautiful sage green room you know but I I couldn't till a million years make my own room look like this but how do I feel when I look at this orange room how do I feel when I look at this sage green room and that's the next most important thing isn't it to pin all these colours and then analyse how they make you feel and then you've got to match the mood that you need in the room so if you're creating an emotional escape room and dark and cosy makes you feel safe and that you've escaped then those are the colours if you know burnt orange makes you feel energised and creative and buzzy then don't put that in your emotional escape room. Put that in your kitchen so you're ready to face the day. So there's, you've got to understand how to use all these great inspirational tools that you're getting from Pinterest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of the things I wanted to ask about were future trends, maybe even some trends that I haven't even heard of. We've got uh, your Pinterest predictions for the rest of this year that include fancy mushroom art up 170%. <sighs> Weird core bedroom up 550%. And what even is DIY mushroom decor up (laughs) 77%? (laughs) That's just brilliant. These little micro trends emerging. Yeah, this this is one of my favourite trends for for this year. And and it's not as you might... Some of the listeners may be sitting there kind of going, how do I get mushrooms into my house? (laughs) Some of it isn't as crazy as that. One thing's very big, like on on, on surface, and and a big way that we can all get involved in this trend, actually... Is mushroom lamps. They look, look like a little toadstool, you mean? Like a little toadstool lamp. Yeah, yeah. They are brilliant. You can get beautiful, well-designed... Murano ones from Venice. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You can get amazing ones like that. But also, you can find really, really great versions of these in, in Habitat, in Argos, in, in Ikea. Like, it's, it, that actually is a very big thing. Those lamps you will see everywhere. But mushrooms are also having just a moment, I think, culturally. Food whatever else there's a lot about the psycho effects of magic mushrooms as well being isn't there um psilocybin and things like that there's lots of talk about how that can help anxiety depression yeah yeah we're, we're seeing it quite big in in food as well so in terms of not just like a nice portobello mushroom uh in terms of how people are taking i'm gonna have to remember the few of these off my head things like lion's mane and and other things like that that are good the mushroom teas and the mushroom, mushroom teas yeah yes. so so it's not this is it's not just interiors where it's kind of cropping up it's also what we're eating but the the other side of this and that's very prescriptive to mushrooms is is this kind of what what's termed almost like weird core and and funky house decor and stuff like that and i actually i think it sums it up very nicely but I, I don't think it does justice to the items and the furniture that actually you would maybe class under this. So, so one thing, so for example, that we're seeing quite a lot of are, are kind of wavy mirrors, right? And so these are essentially mirrors, not, not like circus mirrors that make you look funny, 
the, the, the general kind of shape of the mirror is kind of wavy and it might be a full body mirror or even vases or side tables that kind of have protruding round kind of... Blobby shapes. Quite blobby. Yeah. That's exactly the word. They are stunning. And not to, not to take you all on, on my holiday with me to Mexico, but I, in Mexico, the, the design scene and the furniture scene in Mexico is big and bright and very much like that. And I, so I, I Big and bright dis- and blobby. I, I it, <laughs> I'm here for that. Big, bright, I'm blobby. here for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is really, really impressive. And I think people who lean into this in a big way, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's it's unique. And I think that's going to become very, well, very It is actually your biggest stat that I can see out of all the stats we've been sent was blob mirrors up 10,000%. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah. a stat, isn't it? Yeah. And on that bombshell, Matt, this is all just so <laughs> fascinating. We could chat for hours, but we've run out of time. Thank you so much for all your insights and advice. It's just been fantastic. No, thank you, Kate. Thank you, Sophie. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on here. It really has. Well, well that's me, Sam. I mean, I'm off to investigate a bit of a mushroom decor for my weird core bright bold and blubby bedroom that I'm uh, about to decorate that was a sentence I never thought I was going to say before we had this interview (laughs) so while Sophie's investigating her vintage mushroom decor I will just remind you once more about our great indoors insiders club where you can enjoy ad free listening bonus content and first dibs on ticketed events just visit thegreatindoorspodcast.com to sign up Thanks, too, to our producer, Sarah Cudden of Feast Collective. Tune in next week when we will be discussing all things kitchen design with a special bonus episode available for our great indoors insiders with Jen, an expert kitchen designer who is working with me on my current kitchen transformation. For now, we'll see you in the great indoors.